0: What does it look like for you and I to lead from a place of vulnerability? My hope is that this new podcast will answer that question for you and I as we lead together. You are listening to The Honest Leader Podcast. Well, hey everyone, it is Matt Brown, your host for this brand new podcast called The Honest Leader. Thank you for joining in with us for this very first episode where we are equipping your leadership with the power of vulnerability. I wanna give you a big thank you for posting on social media about this brand new podcast. It's because of you that this podcast exists. What we plan to do today is hopefully have an honest conversation about the myth of faking it until we make it. This, I believe, is an important conversation that needs to exist in every leadership circle. Before we get started in this important conversation, I want to invite you to hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. It would mean the world to me that you would write a review after this episode and give us a rating. This helps us to get the word out to others who aspire to be a leader in their own sphere of influence. Also, we would love to connect with you on social media, so please like, share, and follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at The Honest Leader. Our plan for this podcast is to release a brand new episode every second Monday of the month, so make sure you hit the subscribe button, and this content will automatically come to you every time we release a brand new episode. Let's get into the conversation that we have set aside with you with my good friend, Jason Villanueva. Jason, I'm so glad that you're here with us on the very first episode of the Honest Leader Podcast. Man, welcome.
1: Dude, thank you so much. It is truly an honor and a pleasure to be here.
0: Dude, you have... You have been a champion of this from the very beginning, and that's why I wanted you for this very first episode. So it's an honor just to be in your presence again.
1: That's hilarious. I remember sitting at Chipotle with you over lunch one day, and you dropped it on me. I was like, bro, let's go. Let's do
0: it. <laughs> yep. We Well, we're doing it. We're finally doing it. And so once again, if you... If you you haven't seen any of the intros or you haven't heard any of what's going on, Jason Villanueva, Salty Dogs Christian Podcast is a champion on many levels. He He's a, you got to read this guy's bio. The dude wants to make other people's dreams come true. And so that is what's happening today by being a part of this episode for us to talk about the idea of faking it till we make it. Uh, Jason, I You've got an awesome story that I really want to explore today, and I and I just want to understand just a little bit of from your history uh, of what it's like in the in the journey as a leader, from the idea stepping into into leadership particularly, but faking it till you make it. Tell just tell me your story, man.
1: Well, I was probably the greatest faker there ever was when it came to stepping into <laughs> church planting. Um, literally just kind of the, the short story, bro. I mean, as short as I could possibly get up to that point, um, you know, grew up in church, did all that stuff, uh, stepped away from the Lord. Like when I was in college and then, you know, did the whole drinking craziness. And, uh, it was father's day 2010 when I just kind of really answered that call. And I prayed a crazy prayer. I said, "God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go." And He led me to Wichita, Kansas, to become a, a campus pastor and um, to help launch a uh, another campus of a multi-site church. And so I showed up on a Tuesday night into Derby, Kansas, which is just a you know little suburb outside of of Wichita, and um, I walked into this church planting meeting that was happening. And on the table was essentially a brochure of all the church planters that were present. And I opened it up and under my name, my picture, my name were there. And under that, that name said church planter. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is real. And, uh, so I didn't really even know what that meant. Like, I just answered the call. I got an opportunity. I I took the opportunity. I moved here, and I stepped right in. And so what happened was having that title under my name and not really knowing what that was supposed to look like, I then began to look to others around me who were also church planters and fell into that comparison trap. And we know that that can be a really, really dangerous place. And Absolutely. 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 So, yeah. that's,
0: one, that's one of those big things that we really want to dive in, in us, on this podcast is the, is the comparison thing. I think so many times leaders want to they see and aspire somebody else. And what they end up doing is they end up emulating someone else's leadership style. They emulate somebody else in general. Maybe it's, maybe it's because it's fear. Maybe it's because of they don't know where to go from there. But more importantly, it is something I believe that I want to explore and venture this whole comparison trap that I think we exist as leaders in,
1: yeah, it's it's definitely a trap man, And that just that was the beginning of my full time ministry slash church planting career. And um, you know, it was. It was a good environment. I was part of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, so I was NAM funded North American Mission Board-funded as a church planter, and so I got plugged into some pastor cohorts and that kind of stuff, and I got around some really amazing guys, but me being this person who had never, ever been in full-time ministry before, just diving right in, you know, all these guys had been youth pastors or a group leader or an associate pastor and they're planting churches. And here I am, you know, I showed up a couple months ago because I prayed a crazy prayer and I got a really great opportunity to, to step into ministry. And so, um, you know, I, I honestly had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a plan, man. I just looked around at the guys around me and, uh, and yeah, I compared and I, I would see somebody who was like a really passionate guy. And I'm like, I'd like to have his passion. And I'd hear somebody who was like a really great teacher of the scripture. And I'm like, I would love to teach scripture like that guy. And, you know, really didn't know how to come into my own. And so talk about faking it till you make it like I, I really lived in that place. And I can tell you that one of the fears that came with that was that any day I would be found out that I had no Mm. idea what I was doing.
0: And I think a lot of leaders sit in that fear, I think a lot of people go, if they really found out who I am or what I don't know or whatever that might be, they it actually paralyzes them or it motivates them to be somebody that they're not. So one of the questions I wanted, I've i been wanting to ask you um, really from the beginning of this idea of this podcast is, well, why do you think most leaders feel the need to have themselves put together, to have all the answers, to to be that one that is maybe sought after, that is knowledgeable, that is confident? You, you feel in the blank. What, what do you think it is that leaders feel the need to have themselves put together?
1: Man, I think, I honestly think that it, it you you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like a fear thing. We don't want to not have the answers. We, we for some reason, want to try and be everything for everybody. And we want to know it all. And we want to Preach great, we want to do great things, we want to build big ministries. Um I I again, I think it just comes to the comparison trap, man. We start looking around at other people and they've got it more together and they're a better preacher and they've got more people in their church and those kinds of things. And so we're I think it just comes from a place of striving. And honestly, I think it comes from a place of not being comfortable in our own skin. So like I'll just tell you it wasn't until you know, maybe a year or two after I stepped out of being the lead pastor or lead campus pastor of this, this multi-site church, um, campus that I really began to get with the Lord about identity and become comfortable in my own skin in the way that he created me to be. And, you know, I, I wonder how many guys are out there trying to be everything to everybody. But honestly, it just doesn't fall within their gifting or their uh, their value to the body of Christ, like kind of stepping out of bounds of what we should really be focused on. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and that's you bring up a really good point, because one of the things I, I think I want to explore a little bit more is that I think what you're explaining, your context is. The church background is the Christian faith, but one of the things since launching this whole endeavor, uh, I've been amazed as to the f- friends that have reached out and said, uh, "I've been looking for this," and but they don't, they don't go to church. They aren't pastors. Ah. They and, and this I think exists not only just in church world. You know, right? But I think it also exists within business world. But what I'm finding, even more so, it, it maybe in, in the in the business uh, world or outside of the ministry context. I think it, there's even a bigger fear that exists of people who go. I don't. I don't want to be found out. I don't want to be somebody um, that is not capable. And so, what would you say to them? Um, as far as combating that fear to yeah. be themselves.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think we really just have to keep in mind the humanity of everybody around us. Like we're all in this world. We're all human. We're all journeying through life. We all are trying to make a living and take care of our family and like find love and, and intimacy and, and just exist in this world. And, and, Unfortunately, we live in a world that is imperfect and we're around imperfect people and we are imperfect ourselves. And I I think it, it just stems from believing the lie that we are the only ones that have the problems that we have. And so I think sometimes that when we're going through hard times, we're struggling interni- internally, uh, whether it's anxiety or depression or fear or shame or guilt or any of those human emotions that we're experiencing, um, sometimes we just, we believe the lie that we're all alone in that. Nobody else is experiencing that. And so if I start to show somebody the ugly side of Jason, well, then there's the fear of rejection, right? I mean, it's like in relationships, you know, any relationship, you get close to somebody, they're going to see the ugly side of you. And there's a lot of fear in that because people have been rejected and and people have gone through, through tough times, you know? And I, I think we have to realize that we take all of life's experiences, all of the ups and downs, all of the hurts and the pains, all the disappointments, all the times we've been abandoned or forgotten or overlooked, and we bring all of that big baggage into each new relationship into each new position. And so leaders are simply human beings that have journeyed through Earth through through you know this world. Up until whatever they age age they are, that they step into a leadership position, and they just bring all of that with them. And if a lot of that is unchecked, or we haven't healed, or we haven't processed it, it's gonna it's gonna surface. And I think a lot of times we try and push that down. So that, again, we're not found out that like we're a fraud. Oh, Jason's a really peaceful guy or, you know, Jason's a really nice guy. And, and I'm like, man, you don't know the things that I think sometimes. Or you haven't seen me blow up at my wife or my kid, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. What, what I found is that faking until you make it is literally pretending.
1: Yeah, it's wearing a mask.
0: It's wearing a mask. And what I found is pretending, it's exhausting See, pretending, and I believe in some ways, or is lying. And I'm sure you and most of our listeners have been caught in a lie before. You've, we've all been on paths that that take one as the other, and we tell a lie or we pretend um, that we have to, we have it all figured out. And so we we get put in this this path where the the road is split. So we we've said the lie or we've said yeah uh, to make ourselves look more confident, make ourselves look passionate. You you feel in the you feel in the blank there, and then we get to a place where we could either reveal the truth where this isn't us, or we create another lie and we continue to make that, we continue to pretend. And, and so right. in concept, the faking it until you make it to, fe- to appear confident or whatever that is, uh, what would you recommend to someone who's a leader? Um, one with who has influence, I would say, what what would you recommend for them to do? to get out of the cycle of exhaustion of pretending of lying what what would you say to them
1: man i'll tell you what it's it's not going to be easy but it it's necessary if you want to relieve yourself of carrying that burden of existing within the lies that you've told or you know i you were saying all that and i thought about that phrase that says oh what a tangled web we weave you know and we we get in in over our heads and We present ourselves to be somebody that we're, we truly aren't. And then we have to keep up the facade and we have to keep on the mask. And the danger in that is that when that happens and nobody knows us, we, we truly feel like we're alone in the world. And that's a dangerous place to be is to think that, that you're all alone and that nobody knows you and that, or nobody knows the real you or that you don't have anybody to talk to. Like that's a really dangerous place. So I would suggest to somebody who maybe has found themselves in that place, man you, you know you've you've got to figure out how to get a, get around somebody or find somebody in your life and and just start taking little steps of trust and revealing just a little bit of the things that are maybe weighing you down or you know people think i'm this way and man i'm just really not and and i don't know why they see me like this and just begin to get brutally honest there's that word right honest the yeah. honest leader honesty and vulnerability are going to go so far in that journey as a leader. If you're in a place to where you feel like you're having to just fake it till you make it right. There's what do they say? Honesty is the best policy, you know? I mean, there's been a couple times where I've, I've had to like talk to my boss and say, Hey man, I'm just really struggling with this, with this project. You know, can you, can I bounce some ideas off of you? Can we talk about it? Or can I ask some more questions or whatever it is? And just opening up the door for some real honest conversation. and, again, it, I just think about that fear factor. Like some people, they're just frightened to death to let somebody in to their own little world. And at some point that door is going to need to be opened. Um, I've put it this way before. I, sometimes I feel like it's better to, to, to come clean than it is to be found out. Right? So if you're faking it till you're trying to fake it till you make it, um, And, you know, you're doing whatever you're doing that's that's causing you these negative emotions and affecting you and you're carrying this burden, you're dragging it along. It's like, you know, it's it's better for you to go to somebody and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this than for someone to, like, catch you not being the person that you've presented yourself being because that damages relationships. Vulnerability and humility is going to go a lot further than than wearing the mask and, and hiding you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Brene Brown, who is a leading researcher in this category of shame, of vulnerability, mm-hmm. she says in one of her books, it says vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that or maybe expound on that a little bit from your from your perspective and maybe from your story of of you embracing your vulnerabilities in, in leadership.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, Um, you know, I don't I don't know what what people go through in their lives to to kind of reject the idea that vulnerability is is weakness or to some people live under that. And they think, well, if I'm vulnerable, I'm weak or if I'm honest and open or if I show emotion or if I'm sentimental, well, then I'm just a weak person. And, you know, people carry that with them for many different reasons, but I think we need to start really embracing that idea that making yourself humble, making yourself vulnerable, being brutally honest about the things that you're going through, that's true strength because it, it's going to help you to actually get better and heal from some of those things, right? It's like, you know, some people, some people think that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm strong. I'm going to beat this thing Um, but the person who gets better is the one that puts themselves under the knife of the surgeon. You know what I mean? And so you have to lay it down, right? So like, I mean, just let's play out that scenario a little bit. If I've got a tumor and that tumor needs to be cut out, I have to completely put trust in the surgeon and the doctor. And essentially like, I want to use the phrase die to self, but like, you know, if I'm, if I'm put under, I'm I'm completely making myself vulnerable and so there has to be a level of trust there and so you know I wonder if if some people just struggle with that trust factor and maybe that's why they're they're feeling like you know well I have to protect myself and the way that I'm going to be strong is by protecting myself and not letting anybody in that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Do you ever think that there's a good time to fake it till you make it?
1: <laughs> I feel like that was an opportunity for a really clever snarky comeback and i just don't have one i'm it's gonna funner. say i'm gonna say no man I, I i don't know that um i don't know that that that's a good idea um the only thing i can say is like you know if you're if you're trying to put on a facade or whatever it is like uh, I hope that you're doing something to to maybe actually attain the status that you've presented as reality that isn't reality. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. So yeah, like, I, I I wonder too. For me, for me, uh, in the, the positions that I've held and the position I hold at work as well as in the home or anywhere else, even in my community and my civic engagement, I don't know. In any of my experience, and I haven't had a lot. Some would say that I haven't been in, I haven't experienced adult life for as long as others. But from my experience, I don't know where "fake it till you make it" really is beneficial to you and your leadership. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I think "fake it till you make it" has an idea of pretending. Uh, it's a, right. it's almost like if I tell myself I'm confident, I'll become confident. So one of the things, uh, let me ask you this. What have you found in your leadership to be valuable when it comes to being authentic and vulnerable? Because I think this is going to help us get to where I want us to land. So for, for you and your leadership, what what have you found to be valuable when it comes to being authentic and vulnerable?
1: What is valuable when being authentic and vulnerable? Man, you know, I honestly, it, I find value in authenticity and vulnerability because it, it opens doors. Um, it, it really does take a load off, you know, like some people, they, they just kind of need to unload some burden sometimes and they need to be honest and be vulnerable and just get some stuff off their chest. And then they'll literally say, Oh, I just felt like a a weight was lifted off of my, you know, my shoulders or whatever it is. And truly, to, to be able to just kind of speak some things out that you've been struggling with that communication. There's, you know, as, as you're being authentic and as you're being vulnerable with those around you, you're building deeper relationships with people because people feel like they, they start to actually know who you are when you start to tell them things about yourself that maybe you've never told anybody or they didn't know about you. And so being, being a leader, you want relationships and, you know, honest leader podcast, man. Like one of the things that I just, I really enjoy about some of the leaders that I'm connected with in my life is just, just like, man, they're real, right? Like that guy is just a real dude. And you know, he doesn't sugarcoat things and he doesn't hide behind a wall or a mask and he is who he is. And I, you know, I can be myself around him and that kind of thing. And so I, you know, that there's mega value in that. And I'm a relational guy and I'm all about building relationship. And so I don't, blab my life story and all of my deepest, darkest secrets to every person that I come across. But you know, I use wisdom and judgment and discernment in what I'm going to say to who. And I also use authenticity and vulnerability as a connecting point with certain individuals. So if someone says, Oh yeah, I came from a past where I did X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, you know what, man, me too right? And there's just a, you find solidarity in your experiences and then you get to actually kind of process through some of those things. Again, people have fear of being vulnerable and being open and honest, but what you might find out as you begin to communicate some of these things to people around you, if you choose to do so, that you're not in, you're not all alone in this, but there are people who are in the same boat. And so what happens as that, as that begins to happen Happen? Maybe you talk to two or three people, and all of a sudden you've got a group or a community that can actually help you navigate through some of those issues, rather than you trying to tackle them on your own. Super valuable to to be vulnerable in that way.
0: What you're saying reminds me of 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 the concept. I think there's power in empathy. Mm
1: -hmm. There is
0: a there is a a deep connection that happens. That when you are vulnerable, you're authentic, you're real, that I believe actually inspires, impacts and encourages those around us to no longer to be the somebody that they think they ought to be, but to encourage them to be encourage them to be who they are meant to be. Have you ever seen this yeah. play out in your leadership journey?
1: Can you rephrase it?
0: Yeah, I, Has there been a time where you were honest and vulnerable and real, and others would put raw in there, in your leadership. Maybe it was people that you were overseeing, maybe, you know, because I think your, your experience is kind of that middle management, maybe you were leading up. Have you seen that, or maybe it's been played out for you, maybe someone over you at, at, in your time has shared or has led from a place of vulnerability that has inspired you or impacted you, or maybe you've seen it play out because of your story, and being vulnerable.
1: Yeah, man. I just think again. I I keep defaulting, I suppose, to this relational factor that, as as I've led in in different capacities in ministry and in church, um, and and even in the jobs that I've had, kind of in the secular world. I'm a graphic designer, videographer, you know, marketer, and uh, just being open and honest with people, you're you're building trust, and people. I think if you can, if you can communicate and with people and be honest about who you are and where you're at and what you struggle with and, you know, what you're excited about, it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Um, people tend to, I I think, trust you more and, um, and relationships grow, man. And that's, that's what I can say. Like, I believe that just being a real guy, being interested in what people have to say, being interested in their journeys, trying to relate on on some of that, uh, those levels of empathy and sympathy. Um, man, uh, most of my relationships, if not all of my relationships, have been birthed or been strengthened because of that, right? If If I'm around somebody, let's just say with my wife, and if she ever begins to say, you know what, you've been really closed off, you haven't talked to me, You never tell me what's going on. You look like you're always upset, but you won't say anything. That begins to to hurt relationships. And so what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is communicating, being open, being honest, and then the relationships grow and they get stronger. And so, you know, I heard that um, just in leadership and organizations and, and business, everything moves at the speed of trust. And I think that trust is built when vulnerability and authenticity and honesty are present and i think everybody can benefit from from building trust in the in any kind of relationship regardless of the context
0: yeah and i think that building trust happens quicker and goes deeper in a authentic and vulnerable leadership format i think i think so often we go what does it look like for us to build trust and and we we come up with strategies and ideas and and all this stuff and where it actually I think it could reside is that trust is I'm gonna share a little bit of me with you, and I give it. It's not you earn it. I'm giving it to you. That's good. What would you, what would you say to the one who's going, Jason, Matt, you you aren't you don't understand my situation. I have to be strong in my position. I have to be a in the appearance that I have it together. What would you say to that person in their leadership journey right now?
1: Man, that's a tough one because I think context, you know, context is king, right? Like, it, Let me tell you a story, and, and maybe this will help open up a little bit of, of understanding. So when my grandmother passed away some years ago, because I was in the ministry, I was asked to do the funeral. And so I was in pastor mode, my family, um, that I hadn't seen in some time, all were looking to me as this, you know, Oh, Jason's a pastor. He'll do the, he'll do the funeral. And so I show up to town and, you know, we, we talk and we reminisce and I'm getting ready for the funeral the next day. And so I go and I give this, you know, I I do the funeral and I was, you know, smile on my face, upbeat, like trying to say really good things, trying to honor my grandmother, trying to tell funny stories, trying to keep it lighthearted, like really just trying to control the mood, right? Like I didn't want people to be mourning and upset. And, you know, I was trying to create a certain environment and, uh, I was trying to be strong in that moment. And what happened was I could only be strong for so long. And so when it finally came to where everybody lines up and then looks at the casket and then passes by the family and gives hugs and shakes hands and and does all that stuff. I'm standing at the end and everybody's saying, Oh, that was so great. That was so great. Oh, that was so amazing. Oh, you did so well. Oh, you know, your words were, were this and that and the other, and Oh, that was so great. And I just kept saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And dude, it didn't take long before I just broke and I just wept. And I ended up like hugging my dad or my mom or somebody. and I was just, I was finally able to mourn. But what happened is I was trying to be strong for the people around me so that they wouldn't you know, feel bad or mourn or be upset. I was trying to protect them from those feelings. So I was protecting myself from those feelings and they welled up and they overflowed and I couldn't hold it anymore. And I think to the leader who was saying, I've got to be strong. I've got to be this way. I have to do this. Everybody's depending on me. I have to control this situation. I have to control this environment. I have to control everybody's emotions. I want people to be happy. I want people to be this. I want people to be that. It's only a matter of time before that bust, bust wide open. You know, it, it's so hard. It is a burden that you shouldn't have to carry. You know, I, it might have been healthy for me to go ahead and mourn my grandmother's death and then go up and give the sermon and that kind of thing. But I was just trying to be strong the whole way. And uh, it didn't work. You know what I mean?
0: See, one of the things that in the idea of fake it till you make it, I, I think implies that one day, that you will arrive and you won't have to fake it anymore right. that it's uh, it's this I, I just it's it's just the gap that i need to fill for this moment well the thing is the harsh reality is that we will never know all things we will never always be strong we will never be the most confident person ever the smartest person ever but we somehow subscribe that when we when we think we have the information we think we have these these spheres of influence that are around us that we are going, all right, we're going to arrive one of these days. And so what I found is that the implication that faking it till you make it means that you don't feel like you have to be an imposter anymore when you say no more. It's the... Right. I'm not... It's in your situation with your grandma's funeral is I'm sad too. Yeah. I'm grieving too. Right. I, I'm with you in this. It's this. I uh, I think when we allow ourselves to, to be ourselves and to lead from a place of vulnerability and authenticity, that's where we make it. That's it's good. Not, we don't. That's the, we don't fake it. It's when we are ourselves. We have arrived. We We've have made, it. made it. It, it. You're right. We may not have all the information. We may not be the strongest person in that moment. We may not be the most confident or most passionate. Fill in the blank. Right. Right. But when we are true to ourselves, true to our leadership, it is, I believe, we have made it. We have arrived. We don't have to fake it when we are ourselves.
1: Yeah, because you've removed any element of pretending or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Deception. You know? I mean, I think about I think about that in the context of my marriage, you know, like before I ever got married to my wife, I I had to, I felt like I had to tell her my deepest, darkest secret because it was the one thing that I was hiding that I felt the most ashamed about. And I said, if I can just tell her this, then I won't feel like I'm deceiving her. Like, I need you to know that this is the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. And it was years ago and I feel terrible about it, but I don't want it to come up later. And then you say, well, why didn't you say anything? You know, like. I just, and again, you don't have to go tell everybody your deepest, darkest secret, but I think about that marriage context. And I just, I had to, I had to do it because I didn't want to, you know, I I didn't want to carry that weight, man. And, you know, some people, I guess, are just carrying the weight and it's become comfortable, but i tell you what, there's a, there's a freedom to be had in honesty and there's a freedom to be had in vulnerability. And man, it's, it's so worth it. It's so worth it to just to finally say, hey, guess what? Man, I'm I'm not that person, but I'm I'm moving forward and I want to learn and I want to do this, I want to do that. I've got a plan. And you know, just again, I, I think you said it. The phrase was with my grandmother's story, like, I'm grieving too. And I it'd been probably a lot more helpful instead of me trying to keep them from experiencing those emotions, had I just emoted with them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like side to side, you know, and, and I'm sure you'll talk lots about leadership, but leadership isn't always top down. Sometimes it's side by side. And I think that's one of the best things a a leader can do is say, you know, rather than trying to fake it till they make it or whatever, and and eventually arrive into perfection that is unrealistic in the first place, just get on the same level with the people around you because you're just like them. Right. I think we had some conversations before we recorded this episode. And I think what she, what she said was like, you know, leaders aren't some super class, you know, they're not like X-Men or Superman. They're just normal people. We don't have some extra gene that gives us superpowers. We didn't get bit by a leadership spider and get radioactive leadership skills, right? We're just normal people. Who have stepped out and said this needs to happen, and so I'm going to try and make it happen.
0: Absolutely, and and that's one of the things that I would love to define here on this first episode is that I, that I truly believe that leaders are everybody. It's not just it's not just the one who sits in the in the in the high office, uh, CEO, manager. Uh, it's the moms at home. It's the Big time. You, it's the youth pastors in the church. It's the um, let's fill in. It's the pizza delivery guy. Who, if all of us, if we have air in our lungs, I believe have influence to impact those around us. Absolutely, impact, inspiration that exists within us and affects others. I believe is the raw definition of leadership because the the impact will motivate or move somebody in a direction. And what hopefully what we'll discover in this podcast as we continue on in these episodes is what does it look like for us to lead from a place of vulnerability. But I believe that this episode was so critical, Jason, and I'm so glad that you joined with yeah. us in this in this conversation because it is, I believe, the ground-level conversation to enter into what I call the honest leader. Yeah. If we can't be real, if we can't be authentic, if we can't be vulnerable— then I think we miss out on a big portion of leadership that truly, I believe, that can inspire, impact, and move people from where they are to where they want to be. And when we become vulnerable with ourselves, and with our teams, everybody wins. Everybody wins. So, Jason, you have one shot to now convince that person who's still holding on going i i don't know if the people that i lead or the people that are around me will really accept me you talked a lot about freedom and that in the freedom that exists in being ourselves here's your chance to inspire somebody maybe with a little bit of vulnerability and authenticity to be the honest leader that they were meant to be
1: yeah i would i would really just I would encourage somebody to consider the benefits versus what may come of you continuing on the path of putting on the mask, faking it till you make it in, in essence, in some way, shape or form being deceptive to those around you and even essentially lying to yourself, right? Consider what that, will eventually snowball into. And so do your do yourself a favor, look a year down the road, look five years down the road, look 10 years down the road, look at the place, the context where you're leading, look at your closest relationships, and just consider where that's gonna lead if you continue on the path that you're on. Um and that's not to make anybody feel bad. It's hopefully to help people catch some vision for a preferred future. Because if you can see, if I know that the road is going to dead end, you know, into the river, well, then I'm probably going to take a left at the next stop sign because I don't want to dead end into the river. And so this is your opportunity now to really self-assess, get, you know, get into a place where you can get quiet, get alone with your thoughts, even as much as that might be fearful for you. Do a little bit of work right now to, to consider what that preferred future might be like, and then kind of reverse engineer and figure out the steps that you need to take. I also just need to, I need to encourage people like, yeah, you want to step in that direction. You want to begin to find some people around you that you trust and talk to them about maybe some of the things that you're going through, whatever you're experiencing. Also know that number one, it's got to be for you more than it's going to be for them. Because when you start to step into a place of honesty and vulnerability, it's not always going to go as perfect as you hope it's going to go. And people aren't always going to respond how you think that they're going to respond. And so decide the benefit and the value of you stepping into that place and do it for that for you first. And let me just tell you that as leaders and just as people in general, anytime that we grow, Anytime that we make progress in our leadership or in our personal lives, or we gain new skills, or you know we we become uh, more loving or more kind or more patient. Anytime any good thing happens to our character and we grow that way, the people who are closest to us benefit the most first. And so, as you begin to do that as a leader, you're just you're going to see relationships grow deeper. You're going to see people trust you more. You're going to, I mean. Honestly, I really think it has the potential to completely transform your environment because I love to say this when I when I talk about relationships, you are the common denominator in all of your relationships. And so as you grow, as you're honest, as you're vulnerable, everybody around you is going to benefit from that. And so it's for you because you need to let some of this burden go, get some of that stuff off your chest, do whatever you need to do um and then the people around you are are, are going to see that change and they're going to benefit as well. And so, man, I just think uh what is it cost benefit analysis, right? If we got to put it that way, you know, p- pull out a uh, make a uh, make a chart. <laughs> Here are the benefits. Pros and cons. Pros and, Pros and cons. cons. Yeah, so
0: That's right. Yep. Well, if I can if I can encourage you uh listener this entire endeavor was literally me putting this into practice for so long. I been. this has been an idea that's been existing for over three years. I didn't know how this was going to play out. It took men and women like Jason to say, bro, you've got something here that I think people need to talk about. So Jason, I want to just thank you for being uh, just my first guest. Yeah. I want, I, want to, I want to thank you for putting yourself out there to be in this awesome conversation. Uh, to sum up the end of what you said, I, I come to this wise phrase that I've once heard. You've got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> it is, it is it's going to take courage. It's going to take strength. It's going to take, um, it's going to take a little bit of willingness for you to step out of your comfort zone, for you to experience and to lead with vulnerability. So I just want to say thank you for being with us today, Yeah, man. and, and it's, it's just been a pure joy. If you haven't had the chance yet, go check out Salty Dog's Christian Podcast. Uh, you can find them on any social media platform, and, and they would love uh, to get your subscribe as well. And so thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of our leadership community. If this has been helpful for you, it would mean a whole lot to me if you would write a review or rate the content. Be sure to hit the subscribe, and then please do invite your friends to be a part of this. I think, I think we're on to something. Share on social media. Tell your friends. Bring your coworkers. Bring your teams involved. Because when the leader gets honest, is real, as vulnerable, as authentic, everybody wins. I look forward to seeing you next month and talking with you about your leadership journey and how you can be yourself. We'll see you then. You are listening to the Honest Leader Podcast.